Lord, nourish your people with your word, read and preached. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Today we begin our Lenten pilgrimage to a very specific holy place. We journey to Jesus' cross and tomb and to the new creation life of God's kingdom that lies beyond that emptied tomb. The prodigal son from Jesus' parable captures so well what that Lenten pilgrimage is all about. It's about finding our way home again. It's about repenting, turning back to a loving father who eagerly awaits our return, and even more than that for us, has made that way possible through his own son, Jesus, in his work on the cross and his work in the tomb. And like all pilgrims, we need songs. We need prayers to sustain our souls for the journey, teaching our hearts the truths of God that guide our way. We need the Psalms. And so during Lent, we will look at the appointed Psalms and how each one provides us something essential to strengthen our souls, not only for our Lenten pilgrimage, but also for all of life. As we work to establish here in Winston-Salem the culture of God's present yet, but yet to come kingdom of God here on earth. So we begin today with Psalm 103. This psalm offers us a gift for the journey. It gives us perspective. Perspective that is crucial for our lives because it provides us with a realistic faithful, and true picture of who God is and who we are. You know, perspective is a vital part of any journey. My first year in college, I went to college in upstate New York for my first year, and I loved to hike in the Adirondack Mountains. Beautiful. The high peaks there are just gorgeous. And so I invited two of my friends from Florida. I'm from Florida, if you don't know that. I invited two of my friends to come up from Florida to hike with me. We wanted to hike Mount Marcy and Mount Algonquin. They're the two largest mountains there in New York, the tallest ones. And now, I gave my friends some vital perspective before they came. I said, May in New York is unlike May in Florida. It may or may not get down to zero degrees at night, especially at the elevation that we would be camping. So I said, come prepared. Now, my friends, whom I love to this day, did not heed my perspective. They did not take my perspective. On the way up, they stopped by Walmart and bought two Coleman sleeping bags rated for 50 degrees. And that first night camping, it dropped close to zero degrees. And when I woke up in the morning, I saw a remarkable sight. I saw two young men, but fully grown, each of them over six feet tall, each of them weighing in over 200 pounds, somehow squeezed together into the same sleeping bag, all the while managing to unzip the other one and have it draped over them. And they were shivering. Perspective matters. Like my friends, the prodigal son learned that truth the hard way. Jesus tells us in Luke chapter 15, verse 17, but when he, the prodigal son, came to himself, When he came to his senses, we could say, when he returned in his heart and mind to a true perspective, 
Jesus tells us what he said. What is that perspective? And this was it. How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. You know the the parable, you heard it this evening. He finally comes in this moment of great lack, of a realization of his own limitations. He comes finally to a true perspective of himself and of his father, and it changes everything. He clearly sees his physical limitations, but I perish here with hunger. And his moral shortcomings, I have sinned. And he also clearly sees his father's abundant generosity. My father's hired servants have more than enough bread. And also his father's merciful compassion, which is implied in that call to one's heart, I will arise and go to my father. Psalm 103 likewise offers us a true perspective of ourselves and our Heavenly Father, vital for our pilgrim journey this Lent and throughout our lives. With eyes wide open, the psalmist succinctly sums up our broken human condition in verses 3 and 4 with these three phrases. Your sin, your infirmities or diseases, your life from the pit. These phrases capture the brokenness of our human condition, having been born each one of us into a broken and marred creation. We are fallible. We sin. We are frail and finite. We are sinful with broken wills and twisted desires that fall short of God's will and desire for us. We are frail with bodies that are subject to disease, deterioration, pain, and weakness. And we are mortal, living lives that can end at any moment. As much as we may not even think about that or push that thought furthest to the back parts of our the the back part of our minds, we are mortal. The psalmist does not provide here a litany of our sins nor of our weaknesses to drive home the point. There's no need. He knows that each one of us can readily supply such a litany. If we but stop for just a moment to truly consider ourselves, to truly examine ourselves, especially in light of who God is. And it is the light of God's nature and character that the psalmist truly focuses upon throughout this psalm. And we can be thankful for that. Lent, though it is introspective, Though we do mourn our sinfulness, though we do remind ourselves of our own frailty and mortality, is not to become self-absorbed in that mourning or in that introspection, but it is more than that to push beyond that to God, to His character as a loving Father. You see, it is only by focusing upon God's nature and character that we can make our Lenten pilgrimage and come face to face with our own sinfulness, frailty, and mortality without despair. Without despair. How much of our culture around us despairs of death? Despairs of their own deterioration in old age? Despairs of disease? We can face that without despair because of who God is. We can be confronted with these realities of our lives and have hope for the journey. 
Hope that beyond the cross and the tomb, there is for us the resurrection life of God's new creation kingdom. Look with me again there at verses 2 through 5 in our psalm. The psalmist says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The psalmist portrays who God is, not by calling our attention to some abstract qualities, which he is well within his right to do, and there are plenty of times where that happens, but rather he, he draws our attention to the, the real-world acts of God for us, who are sinful, frail, and mortal. He forgives the sinful. He heals the frail He saves the mortal from the pit. That is from death itself. And yet, he doesn't only address our brokenness. He doesn't just bring us, you could say, back to zero, back to level. No, he goes above and beyond that. He's even more abundantly gracious than that, more than we could ever think or imagine. He crowns us with mercy and loving kindness. He satisfies our deepest longings and desires with his goodness. He renews the vitality of our lives like an eagle renews its plumage. We are indeed mortal, frail, and sinful. And Lent is a season that seeks to keep this perspective fresh in our hearts and minds and even our bodies. But the point of looking inward at the sinfulness of our hearts, the point of recognizing our human limitations, the point of acknowledging our mortality is to drive us not to despair or anxiety, but rather to drive us home. Home. Like the prodigal son, to our God, to our loving Father who answers our brokenness with his total promise. Don't miss the fact that the psalmist uses the word all. By including this word all, the psalmist teaches our souls the promise that God can forgive all our sins. He can heal all our diseases. You cannot sin beyond God's ability to bring you home again. You cannot sin beyond God's ability to bring you home by his abundant mercy and loving kindness, which he freely gives and offers to each one of us through Jesus' cross and tomb, and which we receive through faith in Jesus and repentance of sin. You cannot descend into the darkness of pain, weakness, and frailty, whether it be physical, emotional, or psychological, where God is unable to renew your life. Even when your weakness ends in death, it ends there. And God's power, the power that raises the dead, takes over. For weakness and pain, frailty and even death are destined in Jesus to be swallowed up and transformed into life and vitality and flourishing in this life and in the age to come. That's why we don't enter 
Lent with gloomy faces. Y'all, Easter Vigil's coming. Resurrection is coming. And Jesus, God does not only answer our sinfulness, our frailty, our mortality. No, he is more gracious than that. Like the Father in Jesus' parable, he provides more than enough bread for us. He gives more than what we need. He crowns our souls not with gold and jewels. He crowns us with his own character. Mercy and loving kindness. God's chesed love. He crowns us with his own character. You see, God reaches into his own character and nature and gives us his own attributes in this ultimate act of blessing, crowning us with mercy and loving kindness. And not only that, he promises to satisfy our deepest desires and longings. The promise is that God's blessings pile up so much that the psalmist is full up, so much that there is no other good thing that he is hungry for. That's what it means there to be satisfied. God satisfies us with good. You know, this is not a promise that God will make your life comfortable or easy or without pain and suffering on this side of the new creation, but it is a promise that he will lead us. He will lead us to see that all his good gifts, whatever they may be, lead us to him. And he and he alone is the one who satisfies our deepest longings and desires. His goodness, his character, his being, not his goodies, satisfy ultimately and truly. And this is the perspective that the prodigal son discovers. That his loving father is good. He is good and that his goodness satisfies his ultimate hunger. And it is this same perspective that Psalm 103 gives us for our Lenten pilgrimage. God, our loving Heavenly Father, is by nature, we heard it in two texts tonight, He is by nature slow to anger, full of compassion and mercy and abounding in steadfast loving kindness. When Moses sees God in Exodus... This is how he describes him, a God full of compassion and mercy, abounding in steadfast love. As a father pities his own children, we hear in verse 13, so is the Lord merciful to those who fear him. For he knows whereof we are made. He remembers that we are dust. The psalmist reveals that with true perspective, one where we clearly see who we are and who God is, we can make our Lenten pilgrimage to Good Friday and the cross, to Holy Saturday and the tomb of Jesus, and we can rightly engage in those scriptural practices that the church calls us to for this journey. Prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, This is the true perspective that enables us to enter into this journey completely and truly and faithfully. Prayer here being the chief activity of Lent. 
But when we have a true perspective of who we are and who God is, the only natural and biblical response is to fall down in prayer, repenting and turning toward God daily, drawing near to his throne of grace. And we fast to support our practice of prayer by bodily reminding our hearts and minds that we are frail and mortal. We are limited. Our stomachs growl. They tell us we're limited. We need the, uh, something outside of us to sustain us. Like the prodigal, our hunger drives us. But it should not drive us to the pantry, at least not as often. But it should drive us to the one who is the bread of life, who truly satisfies us and completely makes us whole again to God as he is revealed in the face of Jesus. And we give alms as an act of service directed outward towards others to prevent self-absorption, the exact opposite perspective of our psalm this evening, and to express the heart of the Christian life that we find in Jesus, self-giving, sacrifice, and love for the sake of others. So I invite you to adopt this perspective of your human brokenness and mortality and of our merciful and compassionate God revealed here in Psalm 103. For it is essential for our observance of a holy Lent. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.